we're going to look, continue to look at the Word of God today. And we're going to continue to look at the topic of our identity in Christ. I'm deliberately spending a lot of time on this, you know. Because, you know, one thing I've noticed. If this world is seeking to push an identity, they're seeking to push an identity to cause us to not be like Christ, but to be like the world. They're seeking to push an identity to make us not look, be like Christ. And the Bible says that if anyone is born again, they are, they are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And when we come to Christ, we receive an identity. And for the sake of those who have not heard this word before, I want to just hit some high spots. Hopefully we'll move on to other parts that we've been wanting to move on to. Um, for these a number of weeks. So we've been looking at the topic of identity. And we've been looking at what identity says in the Bible. What does it actually say? We've been looking at the four ways of identity in Christ. How it changes our lives. And we've been looking at how, well, we need to be looking at how to build our identity. And then we're going to be looking at the obstacles. Now we've been stuck for a number of weeks <laughs> for the four ways of how our identity in Christ changes our lives. But for the sake of those who have not heard this word before, what we said, we're going to look at our key scripture in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 to 14. Joe, Mark, if you can put that up for us. And I'll read it in the New King James. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, in Christ, just as he chose us in before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to the adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound to us, in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in all the things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that, he, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, 
you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of, your, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of the glory of, of glory, praise of his glory. We said in these verses of scripture, it's got so many truths that when you come to Christ, you've received an inheritance. One of the things that we said is that we don't need a special clothing to enter into the presence of God. Do you remember the priests had to put a special robe on before they enter in and they used to have like bells and a fruit on it so that if they dropped, should drop down dead, they used to have a rope that when they enter the presence of God, if God strike them down because of sin and stuff like that, they can drag them out. Now, well, we don't need to have any special robe to walk into the presence of But that's not to, um, to, to disqualify that. What I'm saying is, is that that does not say on the gate that we don't need to, we need to walk holy before the Lord, obviously. But what I'm saying is we don't need to, we don't need anything special. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1 that we are accepted. It's so encouraging. We don't need no special bank account. We don't need no special job or car or anything. We, God accepts us for who we are. With all our faults, with all our failings, with where we're, we're standing as a believer. The Bible also says that we've received an, an inheritance. The Bible says like how we... Um, how we've been come into the, we're, we're part of the body of Christ. So when we, when, God, when, when we stand, Christ is the head, but we are part of the body. And because we're part of the body, so that means that Satan is under our feet. It does not mean that he's over us because he's, he, the, Bible, the Bible says that he's the prince and the power of the air. But we have authority over Satan. The Bible says in the book of Luke that, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I believe that the day that we are in right now, the reason why I really feel to harp upon this word, because it's going to become more intense, as I've been saying, and we need to have a strong understanding of our inheritance, that the Bible says this, that we as we reign in life as kings through Jesus Christ. And sometimes, you know, our minds feel like, boy, I don't feel like I'm reigning. It doesn't feel, it feels very challenging right now. But I want to encourage you, my dear brother, my sister, to speak the word, declare the word, keep on saying it. My throat is dry, excuse me. Because the reason why I say this is because I was reading the scripture this week and I was reading about the prophet Elijah and the 450 prophets of Baal and how he had to challenge them and how he said, listen, you get your bull, I'll get my bull. I'm going to put it on the altar. You put your bull on the altar. This is the type of day that we're in right now and it's going to intensify. And then he actually challenged them. He said, listen, get your God to cause the fire to come down. And so he got them to be doing their thing. 
And, you know, with the, with the, the prophets of Baal, they had to, do, to try and stir, them, stir the whole thing up to get their God going. They had to cut themselves. They were doing some all kinds of weird dancing, all kinds of weird dancing. And they were there to like afternoon. And then Elijah was saying, boy, maybe your God's gone to the toilet or something, man. He's just, you know, it's just, it's, this is just ridiculous. What's going on? It, you know, maybe he's like falling asleep. So the Elijah, prophet Elijah, he gave them a chance. And he says, right, now it's my turn. So he cut up his pieces of, of, his, um, of the animal and stuff like that, put the wood there, and they got big, four big cauldrons of water. He says, pour one, pour two, pour three, and pour the fourth one. Then he prays, oh God, he called upon the God of heaven. The Bible says how the fire consumed the whole altar. And then they knew that he was the living God had done this. Because the prophet of the prophets of Baal, they were just like stunned. They were just like, well, they had to back up. But I'm saying this to say this. Oh, listen, God is no respecter of persons. What he's done for one, he will do for another. And I want to encourage our hearts this morning to put our trust in God. When we go to work and when we have to face different situations, when we go to, on the streets and we are faced, put your hope in the Lord. The Bible says that, why are you downcast, all oh, my soul? This is David. Put your hope in God. I want, you to, I want to encourage you to put your hope in the Lord in this regard. Because just as Elijah experienced the power of God, you and I can experience the power of God. It doesn't matter about where we, what we look like, what, where we are, what's been going on, all, all, all the craziness in our head. It doesn't matter. Just put your faith in the Lord. You will see the manifestation of God. I'm digressing, but this is we'll, we'll go with the spirit. We said that, that we said this that our identity speaks of who we are as a person. We said that when we go on the plane, before we go on the plane, you need your passport because it identifies you. And so we said that as your identification is it talks a lot about who you are as a person. And we, we mentioned that in the realm of the spirit, demons know who you are. Let me say this. I want, and I've mentioned this before, but I, I, I do believe it's worth the while to mention again. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've just become born again. As a, you've just become born again. You can take authority over demon spirits. If a demon-possessed person walked in here, the newest person can take authority over that demon spirit and we do not even we don't need to call bishop we don't need to call the archbishop of canterbury we don't need to call, you can take authority over it because of the power that is in you christ in you the hope of glory christ in you the hope of glory this is why elijah had that confidence in the identity that he had as a prophet of the lord we have that same thing. You don't need to have a title. 
Your title is a believer, Christian. You are like, uh, uh, like, like another, um, I have to say, I say it like this very carefully, like a, another Jesus on the earth. Do you understand what I'm saying? In the sense of Christ in you. We're not Christ. I have to say that we are not Christ. But it's like we are his representative here on earth. And he resides in us. And we stand in his stead. And as we stand in his stead, we will enforce the authority of Jesus Christ. We mentioned so many different things about our identity in Christ Jesus. We said that if we are going to be identifying with Christ, we have to, we have to identify with our speech. We have to identify with our thinking. Because we, in, you see, when the ambassador goes to a different country and he's representing, let's say if um, I was the ambassador of, of, of Ghana and I, w I went to, let's say, Sri Lanka. <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> but I was the, 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 the ambassador, and I went there. All of the different, I would be backed by the government of Ghana in Sri Lanka. And, and if the, when, once the embassy is there, if anyone walks onto that land, that land is, is Ghanaian, right? But I'll have the full backing. And it's the same thing. We have the full backing of heaven. That wherever we are, we have that. This is why Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. So you check this out. As you and I are walking along the streets, the resurrection and the life is walking as well. It's, listen, this is, this is not Pharisee. This, this is not some, some dodgy. This is, this is reality. This is what the Bible says. This is why like, we are types. You know the types and shadows in the Bible? Where the Ark of the Covenant, as the Ark of the Covenant, there was, there was problems for the enemies. Because the presence of God was walking and coming along. And so we, you and I here, we carry that we are containers of the presence of God. And so we need to fan the flame of the presence of God that wherever we are, the presence of God is going with us so that and this is why when we recognized our identity, that Christ in us, the hope of glory, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And you're saying it, you're speaking it, and it's coming from here to here. And it gets into your spirit to the point that whenever fear comes, that whenever danger comes, that whenever trouble comes, you are coming and looking in your spirit and you say no this thing's not going to take me down because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because you recognize the one that is in you we also mentioned that we are seated in heavenly places oh man we are seated we are seated in heavenly place, in the heavenly realm. You might not feel like it. I have to keep on mentioning this because we're, we're human. I have to 
come back down to this level, right? But, <laughs> but we are seated in heavenly places. So when you walk along the streets, when you walk wherever you go, you recognize that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we don't need to walk in condemnation. We don't need to feel bad because the enemy wants us to feel bad all the time, you know. He hates us to walk in this thing of knowing who we are in Christ. He hates us being a Christian one, but he hates when we get this type of knowledge because he knows the moment we capture and understand what is happening, he's in trouble because it means that He's got to get some more imps to try and take us down. But the Bible says, we have no condemnation. This is one of the things that we, that takes place of, in our identity. We also said that we don't need to chase after these desires of the flesh. And we spoke about like the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Wow. Time's gone very quickly. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, um, <laughs> let's, um, I'll just mention this last part and then I'll just wrap up and, you know. <laughs> lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. When we speak about the lust of the flesh, it appeals to the things, the, the carnal and the physical appetite. The carnal and the physical appetite. Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. He was tempted in the flesh realm, in the pride realm, in the eyes realm. So all of those kind of things that we are tempted as believers, he was tempted and yet without sin. Jesus did not yield in any way, shape or form. And we don't need to embrace those things anymore. You know, when we do feel like those things, we just need to say, Lord, I feel like going for that thing, you know. I know I shouldn't. I really want to go for it. Lord, can you help me, please? And he will help you because the Bible says that when we call upon the Lord, call upon the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. So this is why it's important to always call upon his name. Even in those times of temptation, when your flesh is urging and pulling and tugging. We also spoke about the, let's just go to this part here. We don't need to, I'll finish with this because I know my, my time is up. We also spoke about the fear of the future. We don't need to fear the future anymore. We don't need to be worried or concerned because people in this as we go along our about our lives right now and we see what's happening in the news and in the media, 
it's, it's enough to cause fear to grip the hearts. But the Bible says, these things I've spoken unto you. In the world you'll have tribulations, but take courage, I've overcome the world. And he also says in the book of Hebrews that I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that we can boldly say that the Lord is our helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. People of God, I want to encourage you this morning. Feels like it's just like really a word of encouragement, to be honest with you. I've not really touched the identity. But just to encourage you not to fear, not to fear about the future, because your life is hidden in Him. We are to put our trust in Him regardless of how, what we are seeing. The Bible says that. For we look not at the things which are seen, because the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So as we continue to look in the eyes of the Word, in the eyes of the Spirit, we will be encouraged and will be strengthened and we will receive hope. 